Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The date is Tuesday, April 5th. The time is approximately 1.42 a.m. And as of this moment, the Kansas Jayhawks are the national champions of college basketball. I don't know why I said as of this moment, as if at any given moment, the NCAA will come down and rescind the national championship. You know what? If Dan Wolken or Pat Forty were in charge of the college basketball national championships, maybe that would happen. But it's important to remember that Dan Wolken is the farthest thing from a prude. Nobody loves sex more than Dan Wolken. This is the sort of episode this is going to be, okay? So go ahead and strap in for this. There are no guests coming. It is just me, myself, and I, and you. Because Kansas has won the national championship. Why am I recording this at 142? You do the math, you know? Figure it out for yourself. KU wins 72-69 to over North Carolina. Bill Self gets championship number two. Let's start right there. Bill Self is... The best college basketball coach in the game. Roy Williams has retired. Coach K is gone. Bill Self has title number two. He is the best college basketball coach alive. Point blank period. You know, I said for the longest time, you know, this is, you know, going back even two or three years, that the the one knock that everybody wanted to use against Bill Self was that he only had one title. And there are different variations of what people would try to use against him. But a very common one that you probably heard a lot was, oh, Bill Self is one Mario Chalmers miracle away from not having a title, right? As if you couldn't do that for every single coach ever. Like I couldn't look at Jay Wright and say, you're one Chris Jenkins Miracle shot away from only having one title. You can you can go down the road and do that. And I get it, two versus one, whatever. We're not here to have that conversation. The point is, when all of that was happening, I would always say, okay, but how old is Bill Self? How long do you think he's going to coach for? Eventually, he's going to get that second title, 
And when he does, what is going to be your argument against him at that point? Bill Self just got his second title. What's your argument against him now? There is no argument against Bill Self. He is the best college basketball coach currently coaching. And the fact that he won that title with the FBI trial holding it, and we're not going to make this about the FBI trial. We're not going to make this about the IARP. We're not going to get into the weeds about any of that shit. Bill Self just won a title with all of that bullshit hanging over the program. A bunch of stuff that five years from now is probably not even going to be an NCAA violation. And Mark Emmert had to sit there and turn around and present the National Championship Trophy to Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks. What an unbelievable moment and what a sweet, sweet feeling that had to be for Bill Self in this program. That's title number two. That makes him one of 16. And it wasn't just a ho-hum, let's go up against an eight-seed North Carolina. We're better than them. We're a better team. We have a better resume. We have more talent. We'll impose our will. That's not how that game went. The largest comeback in NCAA tournament championship game history. The largest comeback in the national championship history. David McCormick, Rafters game. I'm upset that David McCormick didn't win MOP. Now, Dave went for 25-9 and in the Final Four win over Villanova. He had 15-10 and and, most importantly, hit the game winner, the game winner against North Carolina. Now, they gave it to Ochai. Here's the thing with Ochai. Ochai was fine. He hit some big shots. Ochai was going to be in the Raptors no matter what. And I get it. The people who are voting for national or for uh, MOP, they're not voting based off legacy type stuff. And I heard this on a Twitter spaces earlier today that perhaps you get to vote with like 10 minutes left in the game, which I don't know if that's the case. That would make sense. I know I've been, I've never done uh, like player NCAA MOP stuff, but I've done big 12, like all big 12 teams for big 12 tournaments. And they do send those sheets around with time still on the clock. So it wouldn't surprise me if some of those votes were handed in, but even, even if that's the case, like at no point throughout the final four, did Ochai ever establish himself as being that guy? Now, he was outstanding in the Final Four game, but Dave was better. I mean, Dave had 25-9. and nine. He was that dude, 10-12 from the field in the Final Four, went over Villanova. So it's not even as much about Ochai, because I love Ochai. He was the leader of this team, first-team All-American. He is 100% enshrined forever in the... In the annals of Kansas basketball history. That guy is going to have his name in the rafters, point blank period, no questions asked. David McCormick, though, needed a historic tournament run because what has basically been established as 
the criteria under Bill Self has been you either need to be a first-team All-American, National Player of the Year, Big 12 Player of the Year, or Final Four MOP. You do any of those four things, you are 100%, no questions asked, going to be in the Raptors. And so that final one, that that final four MOP, that was the only way David McCormick was getting up there. He deserved to get up there. And Ochai, to his credit, because he's the fucking man, went up in the postgame press conference and said exactly that. He said, you know what? I don't care about final four MOP. I, I, we won a title, so I don't care about that stuff. But if anybody deserves it, and Dave was sitting right to his right, he said, it's this guy. David McCormick deserves to be that dude. And I think everybody on that dais knew it, including Bill Self, which is why, bold prediction number one, David McCormick's going to have his number retired. Because everybody who... And what an unbelievable story. And by the way, just in case you were wondering, I have no idea how... What are we, uh, eight minutes into this? This is not going to be the only podcast we're going to do. In fact, I would hope this is going to be the worst podcast that we're going to do all week. So maybe you're enjoying this. I'm telling you right now, it's only going to get better because I don't know how much longer I have to go on this thing. I'm going to have another one tomorrow. I'm going to have another one the day after that and the day after that. We're going to have guests. It's going to be awesome. We're going to keep the content machine rolling all week long. But I just want to take a moment to talk about David McCormick and how this guy, and I would, I'll be the first to say, I have had so many doubts about him and what he brings to the table and how he should be utilized by this coaching staff and by this team. But holy shit, David McCormick won Kansas a national championship. That's not hyperbole. David McCormick won Kansas a national title. He big-boyed Villanova for 25-9. and He went for 15-10 and and was the best player on the floor the final 10 minutes of that game. And that's it, it wasn't the David McCormick show against North Carolina. Christian Brown was incredible. Remy Martin. How many big shots did Remy make? Jalen Wilson was huge. But David McCormick was the version. It's, it's like... For a lot of people, I feel like it was the David McCormick that they saw for four years, and then there was like this different David McCormick that only Bill Self saw. And for so many fans, they wanted to know, what is it that we're missing here that you're seeing that we're not? Why is it that you continue to feed this guy? Why is it that you continue to want to go to him in big moments? Why do you want to run offense through this dude who's not that efficient? And I understand the frustration because I'm sort of sitting there wondering the same thing. Like, this guy, really, what is it that he, like, he's fine, right? He's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but you're going to make him your go-to guy. And it was sort of weird. I thought that last play, that last, the shot that Dave hit, it was sort of happening in slow slow, slow motion because... I, I was, I'm sitting here watching at my parents' house and I'm watching with my dad and my mom and my brother-in-law and my sister. And when they go to Dave, I'm sitting there thinking, I go, this is it. Because before he even put the shot up, you knew when he started to go to work, he was taking that shot. 
and it all was sort of happening in slow motion. I go, holy shit. Like, this is it. This is the season. You're in the national championship game. This is not just the season, but this is his career. And if he makes this shot, he's a fucking legend. And if he misses it, he's the guy that so many people who bitched and moaned about how he was utilized over the last two years are going to point to and say, how many times did I need to tell you that he's not that dude? And it's so it's so silly to think that somebody's career could be defined by by one shot. By if you make this, you're a legend. If you miss it, you're exactly the guy we thought you were. But that's the way it works. It's a results-oriented business. And I'll be damned. I'll be damned if Dave didn't make it. And Dave made it. And that guy's a fucking legend. And David McCormick, and I don't mean this hyperbolically at all, because when I was doing Rock Chalk Sports Talk in Lawrence for five plus years, and we would talk about this stuff all the time, all the time. What's the criteria for having your jersey retired? What's the criteria between being just a really nice player versus you deserve to be enshrined in the mecca of college basketball? And like there, there there's a there's a fine line there. Like Thomas Robinson doesn't have his jersey up there, gonna have his jersey up there. Frank Mason doesn't have his jersey up there, gonna have his jersey up there. Same thing with Devontae Graham. Ochai Baji, first team All American, Big Twelve Player of the Year. He's gonna have his jersey up there. But there is a line. And um for me, like I don't know how to define a line. It's easier for me to point to players like Perry Ellis. Perry Ellis is not going to have his jersey retired. He's just not. Perry Ellis was a great player. Perry Ellis was the best player on a, on on Kansas' t- roster for, what, two-plus years? He's not going to have his jersey retired. Perry Ellis was a better player than David McCormick. David McCormick deserves to have his jersey retired. KU just hung a fucking banner tonight, and David McCormick was not one of the reasons why the biggest reason why. And anybody who watched Kansas's two games in New Orleans would tell you exactly that. There is nobody who impacted the game in the way that David McCormick did. And that is absurd to hear come out of my mouth. But if you're a Kansas fan and you watched him for four years and you watched him this year and you watched this tournament run, I don't know how you would disagree with that. I don't want to make this all about the David McCormick show. I let off with Bill Self. Bill Self is now the greatest coach in college basketball. There is no Coach K. There is no Roy Williams. He is that guy. I mean, it's him and Jay Wright and everybody else, which is sort of weird to think about. And by the way, we're so deep into this, I probably should have let off with this. My throat is not, this is not because I'm super like hungover or wasted I do have a cold, so that should be, I want that to be remembered. Okay, don't remember me for the hoarseness of my voice. Remember me for the cause of the hoarseness of my voice, which is this, that I'm battling a lot of congestion and I'm trying to fight through it here. Um, Remy Martin. The Remy Martin experience is officially over at Kansas, and boy, was it glorious. So you look at the final stat line. Um, let me pull it up here. 14 points. 
14 points, went four of six from three. <laughs> four of six from three. The step back three from the wing was the most in your face, D's nuts shot I've ever seen from a Kansas player in the NCAA tournament. Like Mario's shot's always going to be the greatest. But Remy hitting that step back three in the second half was unbelievable. And the one he hit from the corner, that was not a great look, but it was just a I'm going to take it sort of look. Holy shit. That's why you brought that guy in. That's why you brought that guy in. They're going to write a book about Remy Martin. They're going to write a book about Remy Martin and Bill Self in this entire year because there is nobody. And anybody who tells you they know exactly what was going on, anybody, anybody who tells you they know exactly what was going on is full of shit. Nobody does. Nobody does. Because I've talked to as many people as I possibly could. And there's no rhyme or reason to why it happened the way it did. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw it coming. But for him to be as good as he was and to just like speak it into existence the entire tournament run, talking about how all he came here to do was to win a national championship. And of course, like, like that sounds like what you would want to hear a guy say, which is like, okay, of course, yeah. That's, yeah, you want to win, you want to win it all, you don't care about the individual stuff. The dude was the Pac-12 Player of the Year. He comes to Kansas, is named the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year. Starts the season in non-con as one of Kansas' best players. I think that gets sort of lost in the shuffle. Like, Randy Martin was really, really good to start the season for Kansas. And then all of a sudden, Big 12 play hits, gets injured, stops playing, plays sporadically. When he was playing, it was limited minutes. Then all of a sudden, you start to wonder, okay, is this an injury thing or is this a not fitting with Bill Self thing? Because from a X's and O's standpoint, Randy Martin... And what he wants to do and what he does well does not really mesh with what you would expect to see from a Bill Self point guard. Remy Martin isn't all that concerned with running set plays. He's never been a guy to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to execute this offense. You need me to pass the ball here, uh, run baseline. You want me to sit in the corner while this happens. Then when this guy starts cutting to the rim, then you want me to move over here. It's not Remy Martin's game. He played for a bunch of terrible Arizona State teams where he got to do whatever he wanted. And he did that for four years. And individually, he was pretty successful. But Arizona State didn't win any games. And that's why I wanted to come to a program like Kansas. So you go from playing for Bobby Hurley, who lets you do whatever you want, to playing for Bill Self, who basically runs a my way or the highway sort of system. You're going to do what I want. 
You're going to play defense. You're going to lock in. You're going to know how to switch. If we're switching, you're going to know how to switch. You're going to know every set that we want to do offensively. And none of that jived with Remy Martin's game. So it was reasonable for anybody who was pointing. And I mean, I'm not trying to give myself an out here because if you've listened to this podcast all year, you'd know I was the first to say, there is no way this is going to work. Because I went back and forth. At first I said, you know what, Bill Self needs to figure out a way to fit Remy Martin in because Remy Martin is the key to getting Kansas to where they need to be. And then at a certain point, Kansas kind of started to get things rolling. And I said, I flip-flopped. I said, you know, maybe they don't need Remy Martin. Maybe this offense, because statistically, even without him, they were putting up such good, they were so efficient. Because Ochai was doing his thing. And David McCormick down low, despite how ugly it looked, was so good. And this team was getting out and running and scoring in transition. So their offensive numbers were really good. And the only thing that they were missing was defense. And Remy Martin, at no point in his career, had ever been uh, a plus defender. So I, I kind of figured maybe they don't need a guy like him. And then all of a sudden, the tournament comes around. And this is the part that they're going to write a book about. Somebody. Somebody better write a book about this shit. Because at some point, Remy Martin bought in defensively. And at some point, this entire team bought in, not just defensively, but from a mindset standpoint, this entire team bought into the idea that they're not as good as everybody else. And I don't know if they're ever going to admit it, and I don't know how this story is going to be written. But the way that they played not just over the final six games in the tournament, but starting back in the Big 12 tournament, so their final nine games. The intensity that they played with, battling for rebounds, battling for loose balls, defensively. Mitch Lightfoot turned into fucking Jeff Withy in the postseason. Go back and look at his block numbers. Go back and look at... Go back and look at what Ochai did defensively in the postseason. Go back and watch how locked in Remy Martin, Remy Martin was on defense. Remy Martin was a nothing on defense in the Pac-12. A liability. He was a liability in the regular season for Kansas defensively. And I don't know if he was a plus defender for Kansas in the postseason, but he was engaged. And he was locked in. And he did his job. And I don't know if it was some sort of, uh, you know, Kurt Russell miracle uh, locker room pep talk that did it for these dudes. Or if it was an internal thing. Like, we always like to make it some sort of storybook Cinderella. There was, you know, slow motion pep talk where everybody bought in. Maybe a few guys started crying. It, It rarely doesn't work out like that. But the fact that we're sitting here now talking about a team that won the championship, it wouldn't shock me all that much. But something happened. Something happened with this team where they bought in in a way that I don't think I have ever seen, ever seen a Kansas team buy in. And maybe it was the Kentucky game. Maybe that was the moment where they realized, you know what? 
our baseline ain't good enough. Whatever we can bring to the table on a given night, it's not going to be as good as this team that is bigger, quicker, more explosive, more athletic. I don't know if there's going to be a smoking gun, a moment when the season turned. But I look back at this postseason and I see a team that we did not see for the first 30 games of this year. And, and, and that, that's not reminiscent of the 2008 team. The 2008 team was one of the best teams in the country all year long. And I know it's so easy to say, well, this team was a one seed. What are you talking about? You get seeding based off resume. Resume is not always indicative of who you are as a team. And this team, even though they were a one seed, they played above what their resume indicated they would have been. Because their resume indicated you got a lot of nice wins, but you're just one of a bunch of other teams. But what we saw in the NCAA tournament was one of one. Nobody wanted it more than them. Nobody played harder than them. Nobody executed better than them. Which is why a question that I laughed at a month ago, is this Bill Self's best coaching job? Now all of a sudden has me doing a second take because I'll be damned if this wasn't his best coaching job and that's the one that puts him into a new echelon. Now two titles, one of 16, one of the greatest to ever do it. All right, thanks for sticking with me. It's been painful for me. I hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to have plenty more of the, I promise there are more podcasts coming this week. Uh, This will be released first thing Tuesday morning. We'll have another one Wednesday. We'll have another one Thursday. We may have another one Friday. I'm going to keep them going as long as I possibly can. The Jayhawks just won the national championship. Here's to hoping the next time you hear me, I have more of a voice than I do right now. Rock chalk, wave in the weed, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you later. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.